Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hey, if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verses 22 to 27. Uh, We are continuing our vision series called Salvation. We are journeying through Exodus, and uh, I want to read to you from chapter 15, beginning at verse 22. If you don't have a Bible, that's totally okay. The words will be on the screen. So uh, let me read it for you, though, and I will begin at verse 22. It says this, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Merah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Merah. Profound. Anyways, so the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Sounds like a great place to do some camping. Hey, why don't you join me as I pray? Father God, this morning we thank you for this chance to gather in your name and to give you thanks and to be encouraged and to also hear from your word. And Father, this morning I pray that you would bring your word to life Father, I pray that you would bring this story that we will be revisiting here today to life. And God, I pray that your word would not return void. God, as we uh, address what can be a challenging topic and issue within the church, Father, I pray that we would receive this word with grace, with a willingness to grow into the things of Christ Jesus, but ultimately so that we can point people to Jesus the one whom we love, the one whom we follow, and the one whom we trust. God, prepare our hearts and our minds, I pray. And as always, I pray in the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, uh, as you walk through your local shopping center or perhaps through the aisles of Woolies and, you know, maybe Coles if you're a legit Christian, you will see a lot of different products and services that claim to improve your health. You know, you might even jump online and start scrolling through your newsfeed, and once again, you will see a range of services and products that are designed or claimed to improve your health, your body, your mind, and your spirit. Now, there are programs, there are diets, there are fitness plans, there are products like these amazing juices that if you were to just take and try, it will indeed improve your health and it will help your overall well-being. You know, just recently I read online an article that gave 274 different suggestions to improve 
your health and your well-being. 274. I mean, come on. When you get up to that kind of number, surely you've exhausted pretty much every option there is, and you may have even added some ridiculous stuff along the way. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyway, as I read through this article, 274 suggestions, I couldn't believe I was reading it. You know, maybe I need to get a life or something like this. But as I read through this list, as I got toward the back end, the suggestions started getting a little bit weird. And I'm thinking, yep, they're running out of good ideas. And there was one idea, one suggestion that really caught my attention. And it was simply this. They said that we should tell our pets our deepest and darkest secrets because their nonchalance will make us feel a little better and remind us that we're actually doing okay. Tell your pets your deepest and darkest secrets because their nonchalance will remind you that you are doing okay. Come on, you've gotta be kidding me. But you know what? Uh, I've lived my life on the motto that you've all got to try something once, so I thought today I may as well trial it, give it a go, demonstrate it, because you never know, it might make me feel a little bit better. I do have some deep and dark secrets. So this morning I thought, well, hey, I'm up for anything, so would you please welcome my beautiful wife, Angela, and my pet dog, Bindi. Come on up here, Bindi. Hello. Come here. Come here. Isn't she gorgeous? Bindi, look this way. Look that way. Say hello. Hello. Wow, Bindi. Thank you for coming. Now listen, listen. I need you to help Daddy with something very, very important today. Very important, okay? I've got a really deep and dark secret that I need to share. And I'm hoping that your nonchalance is going to make me feel a little bit better. Okay, you, you willing to do that for daddy? Yes? Okay. This is going to be hard for me because this is very personal and also embarrassing because I'm sitting in front of about 250 people. Okay, Bindi, do you know that your dad has been secretly watching Married at First Sight when Angela <laughs> and the kids go to bed? I have been. I've been watching it on my phone and I'm so glad that Sam and Innes aren't on there anymore because they cheat and they lie. But now Dan and Jess are doing that anyway, so I don't really know what's going on. But um, that's my deep and dark secret, Bindi. Thank you for being nonchalant. I feel a lot better. Awesome. Why don't you go to mummy? Off you go. Put your hands together for Bindi. Oh, I just feel like there's a weight that's just been lifted off my shoulders the nonchalance of my dog. Anyway, as I continue to read through this big article, a list of 274 things that we can do to improve our health and our well-being, uh, I also read what I thought was an interesting one. And it pretty much suggested that you should unfollow or unlike any toxic friends or groups on social media. And I can totally get that because, you know, there are some things on there that aren't great. So while I'm in the mood and going for it, I thought I'd do the same thing here today. So let's uh, get on here. Where's my Facebook? Yep, all right. Let's punch in something toxic here. Yep, there it is. Cool. Better unlike that. Hopefully this is all coming up on the screen or else this joke isn't working. And 
There we go. Is that off? Beautiful. Cleaning my social media feed. Very good for you. And once again, I feel fantastic. Thank you very much. I've just cleansed my life of everything to do with married at first sight. There was one more thing that I thought, you know what, that's cool. Sometimes these diets, these plans, these programs, sharing your deepest, darkest secrets with your pets, unlike in married at first sight, that might be a little hard and a little, little bit difficult for you. Thankfully, there is well-being in a bottle. Yep, you heard it here first. There is a spray called the Mind, Body and Spirit Wellness Spray. $20 a bottle, that is a bargain. I'll take two, thank you. That is the easy way to improve your health, your mind, your body, and your spirit. Unbelievable list, 274 things that are designed to help. Hopefully, that's been of great encouragement to you here this morning. Why don't you join me as I pray? I'm just kidding, that's not the end of the message. There is a booming industry when it comes to health and fitness. You know, there are a lot of people in our world today who would love to improve their health, who would love to improve their body, their mind, and their spirit, and it's easy to understand. You know, in our world today, we have people that are living with health and conditions that are less than best. You know, we've got people in our world today you know, who are uh, living with a physical condition that brings about a lot of pain and limitation. Now, there are a lot of people in our world today who are, uh, who are battling emotionally and have some psychological challenges because of the traumatic or negative experiences that they've had in their life. And as a result, they're living with, you know, extreme sadness or excessive worry, and it's beginning to get in the way of all that they are doing. And sadly, in the world today, there are a lot of people who are not well spiritually. You know, their sin or their rejection of God has created a spiritual poverty, a spiritual need that we know only Jesus can fill. And they've been going throughout their lives trying to fill this God-shaped hole or void in their life with bottles of wellness spray. But in our world today, there is a, there is a desire, there is a need from people to improve, to be better, to have good health when it comes to body, mind, and spirit. I totally get why people are walking down the aisles of Coles or trying different products or different strategies and techniques because the, the overall idea of wanting to improve our health is a very, very important thing. I absolutely get that. Well, you know, this morning, I want to talk to us all about a God who heals. I want to talk to us about a God who heals. You know, after calling the Israelites out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses, you know, God led them on a journey. He led them across the Red Sea and then they began their journey toward the Promised Land, which we read about just a few minutes ago. And as they traveled through the harsh conditions of Shur, which was a desert, a wilderness, and then they arrived at Merah, where they were disappointed that the drink or the water was undrinkable, it was bitter, but then God performed a miracle and ended up turning the bitter waters into sweet. We see that Moses cries out to God. He uses, obviously, a piece of wood to do that miracle, and in so doing, he would reveal his care and his provision 
for the Israelites. And then he says this in verse 26. If it's in, uh, if you've got your Bible, just have a look. It'll probably go on the screen. But then God says this. If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. And here it comes. For I am the Lord who heals you. You know, I believe that the word God gave to the Israelites back then is still the word that he gives to each and every one of us here this morning. That if we love him, if we walk with him, if we listen to him, if we obey his commands and follow his decrees, then he will not inflict upon us the same judgment that he did to Egypt. And that instead he would love us, he would care for us, and he would indeed heal us. This was God's health plan to Israel. And then fast forward a few thousand years or however long, you know, God puts on human flesh. He enters into our time and our place as the person of Jesus. He then goes on the greatest rescue mission known to mankind. But his heart for a race that had been marred by sin and is living in the midst of brokenness did not change. Jesus came with the same mentality, and that is to heal people from things like pain, limitation, deep depression, overwhelming anxiety, and also the disconnection that people have with God because of sin. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, we read that Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Friends, this is the Jesus that you and I serve today. This is the Jesus that you and I have been worshiping this morning. This is the Jesus who is alive and well, who is seated upon his throne and who invites all to be in a relationship with him. This is the same Jesus. And friends, I don't think his heart has changed. This morning, I wanna to talk to you about a Lord who heals, a Lord who can heal our bodies, a Lord who can heal our minds, and a Lord who can heal our spirits. And please hear me for all the philosophers and the theologians in the room. I'm not trying to separate those three things. That heresy was dealt with a long time ago. But sometimes that may be the issue that one is needing healing from or deliverance from or victory over. Friends, I want to talk to you this morning about a Lord who heals. Now, before I get into this, can I, can I just acknowledge this morning that this topic of healing has been a challenging one for the church over the years. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about Gateway Redlands, I'm talking about any church who places Jesus at the head, any church who believes that salvation is by grace through faith alone in Christ, any church that believes Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Throughout the generations, this topic, this issue of healing has been a difficult challenge and sadly, and I say this with all sincerity, sadly, it has not only been the topic of discussion, but it has caused a lot of division along the way. A lot of division. You know, people have been, been discussing and wanting to answer uh, questions like this. You know, were the supernatural acts of God only for a certain time? 
You know, were the supernatural acts of God only for a certain place? Were the supernatural acts of God only to kick off the ministry of the apostles? Are the gifts of the Holy Spirit still available today? Can we still see God move in miraculous ways like he did back in the days of scripture? You know, these questions have been questions that have created a lot of discussion and then unfortunately a bit of division within the church of Jesus Christ. And I'm happy to, you know, talk with you one-on-one outside of this time about you know, what, why that happens and, and how people have landed, where they've landed. But, you know, for me personally, I think ultimately the challenge with this, to- this topic stems from our ability to interpret what we see and read. You know, sometimes when we look at Scripture or we see God do things, our interpretation of that creates the challenge that we face as a church. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean all forms of interpretation happen through a flawed system. What is that flawed system? It is sin. As we live in these broken bodies, these bodies that have been you know, affected and marred by sin, and even though we are on the growth path and we are maturing in the things of Christ, and as we you know, continue to move toward all that God has in store for us, no one will achieve or attain perfection this side of glory. And if anyone does, he who claims to be without sin is only deceiving themselves and is making God out to be a liar. But along the way, the interpretation process can be difficult and people have landed in different camps when it comes to the topic of healing. But you know, my my heart this morning, right, is to share with you what I would love this church to look like. All right, you know, my, my heart for this church is to be a church that is flourishing in both faith and practice. You know, my heart for this church is to be one that faithfully proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ and walks in the power of the Holy Spirit according to the scriptures. That's my prayer. You know, my prayer is also for this church to be one of great diversity in unity. You know what, I reckon, you know, I think about all of you and everyone else who is making up the 400-odd people who call this church home, and as I think about you all, you know, I think I've got a pretty good gauge on where you've come from, you know, what your experiences have been. You know, some of you have come from different, some of you have had church experience, you know, and you've brought that with you. You know, some of you arrived and, and you saw that we as a church had a teaching series on the supernatural and you were like, oh, wow, hey, this is different. What kind of church have I got myself into? But then there are others who have come and they saw the same series and thought, man, we should be doing that the whole time. You know, some of you have come to this church and, and you've seen a few people raise hands and yell in prayer meeting and thought, what's going on here? And then there's a few others that are like, man, why, why, why can't people get into this? Well, let, let, let's express our love and, and our gratitude towards you. I totally get that. So you know, this morning, and you may be new, all of this stuff I'm talking about today, you might be like, what's the big deal, man? Just shut up and keep talking. Okay, I will. But, but, but my heart is for us to be a church that flourishes in faith and practice, proclaims Jesus, but walks in the power of the Holy Spirit, and has diversity in unity, and I thought this morning, I'm gonna share with you some of my thoughts and my heart on this issue of healing. Because I do believe we have a Lord who heals, 
I do believe that what he did years ago, he can still do again. I'm not a, uh, a cessationist, as some people might call it. I believe the gifts of the Spirit are available today and must be used to point people to Jesus. That's the plan. We don't use our gifts to then wear white suits and fly around in private jets. We don't use our gifts to then charge an entry fee at the door. We use our gifts, whatever they may be, they're all equal. We use these gifts to point people to Jesus. That's why they're called signs. Signs isn't a, destina- uh, isn't a, a destination that points you to a destination. You might be heading down the coast on the M1, you'll see a sign that says, Dream World, please don't stop there and expect to jump on a roller coaster. You gotta keep going until you reach. That's what a sign does. But this morning, I wanna share with you a little bit of my heart on what can be a challenging topic, and that is the topic of healing. You know, I believe that the Lord heals naturally and supernaturally. You're getting some profound statements this morning, aren't you? Mero means bitterness. I've got another one for you later. But the Lord heals naturally and supernaturally. And what I mean by this is that I believe God can use the natural things of this world. It can be the things that grow out of the ground. It can be the people that make up this thing called the world. And then that would go on and include things like medicine and medical care and things along those lines. I believe God can use the natural things of this world to bring about healing in the lives of people. But I also believe that God will do things that we simply can't explain and it's out of this world and all we can do is sit back and go, man, how good is God? I believe he can heal naturally and also supernaturally. Just an example uh, on the natural side of things. In Leviticus 13, we find a set of guidelines for dealing with people who have a rash. Does anyone here have a rash this morning? No? Okay, I got one. Thank you. Might use you in a second, actually. But in Leviticus chapter 15, uh, we read that if, uh, if someone was to have a rash, they would have to go to the synagogue, see the priest and get it checked out. And then if, uh, if the hair of the sore was white and the uh, sore was more than skin deep, then the priest would send that person out for seven days. That person would be re-examined possibly on multiple occasions until that person was deemed to be clean. All right, imagine if we did that here on Sundays. How cool would that be? Imagine if, you know, the countdown clock is happening, you know, it gets down to zero, Jesse steps forward, now the lights come on, you know, Jesse with his hips to way starts getting us grooving, you know, the music's playing in nicely behind him, Jesse welcomes us, and then all of a sudden he says, all right, but before we go any further, if anyone's got a rash, can I just get you to come forward because Pastor Jason wants to check that out very quickly. <laughs> can you imagine that? And then it will be like, oh, sorry, Ben Mackay, you confessed to having a rash, you're going to need to sit outside, my friend. Out you go, come back next week and we'll see how it's looking then. And while you're there, maybe take a shower, brush your teeth and wear some clean clothes. All right, not to say he doesn't. Sounds crazy, right? Sounds absolutely crazy. Just remember back then, they weren't advanced with medicine like we are today. And God provides for them a set of guidelines to limit the spread of infectious diseases And then in order to prevent entire communities and whatever coming down ill with what could be a life-threatening disease. It was a very natural way of dealing with things. We have a Lord who can heal 
naturally. But we also have a Lord who heals supernaturally. And once again, as I was preparing this message, you know, researching, I was flicking through page after page after page in the scriptures about the Lord who heals and who heals in supernatural ways. You know, Hannah prayed for a miracle child and she got one in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Elisha tells Naaman to dip in the river seven times and then God healed him from leprosy in 2 Kings 5, 9 to 13. Hezekiah prays to God on his deathbed and God says, I will heal you and then gives him another 15 years to live and we read about that in 2 Kings 20, verses 1 to 11. God used Elijah to raise the widow's only son from the dead, 1 Kings 17, 17 to 23, and there are many, many more situations like that. When it comes to healing, I don't know why God heals some people with medicine and, and other forms of natural stuff and others through miraculous prayer. I don't know. But what I do know is that the Lord can heal naturally and also supernaturally. I meant to share the story when I was uh, on the healing naturally side of things, but um, I'm just going to backtrack to that now real quick and then we'll launch into the next point. You know, a number of years ago, I reckon it would have been 20, 2015, 2016, uh, my wife Angela was extremely ill, extremely ill. Uh, we didn't know if she had, you know, uh, severe anxiety. We didn't know if she had a heart condition. Uh, I didn't know if she was having a, a mental breakdown. Uh, my wife was walking around like death warmed up. And uh, some mornings I would wake up and she was already in tears in the bed next to me. And when I'd ask her what was wrong, you know, I thought maybe I elbowed her again and my breath stunk or something along those lines. But um, when I asked her, she, she just couldn't collect herself um, to explain. She just, she'd, be, she'd be fighting for air. And we, we took a number of steps to try and resolve this issue. And uh, for her, it all came down to her diet. You know, we removed a couple of things and fixed a few other things up. And as a result of that, it literally changed her world. It changed her life. And then one Sunday up at uh, McKenzie, uh, we were listening to a message about the healing power of God or what God had done for you. And, and we were invited to come up on stage and get a big white card and write what God had done for us. And we stood in front of the, you know, people and then we walked off. Anyone there for that particular Sunday? Yeah, a couple, yeah, okay. Mate, Angela jumped up and she had healing written across that thing like there was no tomorrow. You know, she believed that the discovery she made and the changes she made to her life and her diet was a gift from God. And it is. It is. So is medicine. So are doctors. If you require counseling, professional support, medication, don't stop taking them. Keep doing that. It's a gift from God. And for those of you who have been healed supernaturally, thank God. Give him praise. Give him glory. But direct and point people to Jesus because that's what the purpose of that stuff is. I believe the Lord can heal naturally and supernaturally. You know, I also believe that the Lord heals slowly but also swiftly. I'm not giving you much help today, am I, friends? Not giving you much help at all. But I do believe the Lord heals slowly and swiftly. Who here has an interest in how fast God can answer our prayers? 
Who, who here is interested in that at all? Okay, some of you, some of you. All right. Yeah, I think it's a topic of, of great interest. You know, when you find yourself in a position where you call out to Him and ask for prayer, for healing, or for anything, you know, the time that it takes for God to answer those prayers is one of interest. You know, just before I shared with you a number of examples when God answered prayer swiftly, but one of my favorite stories is when Jesus healed the blind man in John chapter 6, verse 7. John chapter, John chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. You know, Jesus was walking along the path with his homeboys, the disciples. They saw a blind man sitting on the side of the road. Jesus decides to go up and help him. And then verse 6 and 7 Actually, let me tell you a little bit more before that. When they first spot this blind man, the disciples ask a whole bunch of questions. They wanted to know why he was suffering the way he was. They wanted to know who was to blame or what was to blame for his condition. And Jesus made it very clear in this situation that there was no one to blame, that his condition wasn't the direct result of any sin in his life, but instead he was more interested to know how he could heal him and as he has done before, he was willing to do again. And Jesus had healed blind people from praying for them, touching them, whatever it might be, but then this time he does something that I think is pretty cool. John 9, verse six and seven, he said, after saying this, he spit on the ground, he made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash it in the pool of Siloam, so the man went, washed, and came home seeing, completely healed. How awesome is that? What an interesting way of doing things. I can't say I've tried that uh, upon anyone. Um, I don't know how to heal people with my spit, but once again, in the life and ministry of Jesus, he's able to bring about healing in interesting and supernatural ways, and he can do it very, very swiftly. But you know, there is also an occasion, or there are occasions when he doesn't operate so swiftly, and in fact, things take time. And this is kind of where I straddle between the last point and this point. God can heal supernaturally and naturally, but also swiftly and slowly, because sometimes, you know, our path to complete healing is slow with the use of some natural things or some scientific things or some man-made things. And there's a couple of things I've seen lately that have been so cool, I've had no other option but to actually go, man, how good is God and how gracious is He by providing us with things to improve our health. Sorry to just call you out real quick, Brother Andrew, our host for this morning. You know, but a few weeks ago, I went and visited my friend Andrew uh, at his place of work in the city, and uh, there they build these really advanced hearing aids that pretty much restore hearing to those who are deaf. And uh, Andrew took me in, and mate, I'm telling you, it was like something out of a movie. You know, there were robots everywhere, there were different stations, Andrew walked me along the production line, started with a little circuit board, and then things got added to it along the way. You know, I understood everything, might I say, you know, I'm quite an advanced thinker, very intellectual, science was my number one topic at school, so Andrew's like, is this making sense? I'm like, yeah, of course it is, mate, what's going on? Next, let's go. I wasn't like that at all. But as I was going through and just hearing about the process, seeing the product, hearing about the outcomes, my first response was, man, how good is God 
to give those who have the ability to come up with that stuff and make that stuff, and then people get their hearing back. That's awesome. Love that. Absolutely loved it. The Lord heals supernaturally and naturally. He heals slowly and swiftly. But you know what? I reckon the healing of, or our healing, or the answer to any of our prayers, when it comes to that stuff, um, the rate or the seemingly slow answers to our prayers are the ones that a lot of us can resonate with. I actually like what a bloke named uh, Dr. Charles Stanley, an older dude, had to say about the perceived delay in God hearing our prayers and, and, and so on. He actually says this, let me read a few thoughts to you. He says, at the times the Lord sees that our attention, sorry, at times the Lord sees that our attention is misdirected. Our relationship with him should have priority over any earthly matter. And then he refers to Mark 12:30. Yet minds and prayers can become so fixed uh, upon a need that our gaze shifts away from him. The Father may delay his answer until we refocus on him. In other situations, God waits because the timing is not right for granting our request. Perhaps certain events must happen first or people's thinking needs to be changed. There are also seasons when the Lord wants to stretch and grow our faith. And one of the ways he accomplishes that is by having us watch for his response. The Holy Spirit will work in these times of waiting to mature us and produce fruit like that we read in Galatians 5. Other reasons for a delayed response to prayer are a wrong motive for our request, as James says in chapter 4, verse 3, and the practice of habitual sin. We all fall short when it comes to God's standard of holiness, but some of us persist in a lifestyle of disobedience. The Lord may delay his answer so he can prompt us to confess our sin and turn back to him. If his answer is delayed, check that one, your focus is on him, two, your motive for asking is God honoring, and three, you aren't practicing habitual sin. Then believe that his response will be for your good and his glory. You know, when it comes to healing, supernatural or natural, slowly or swiftly, sometimes the slowly side of things can get the better of us. And I adjust some thoughts that that could be the reason why. I'm not saying they are, but it could be something to think about if we feel as if God's not listening to us, not hearing us, and we're not getting the kind of answer that we want. But I do believe the Lord heals both slowly and swiftly. Thirdly, and finally, because the time's there and the barbecue's going to start cranking up, and when it does, I'm going to lose all of your attention. The Lord also heals temporarily and eternally. Temporarily and eternally. I'm messing with your heads big time this morning, aren't I? He can. You know, all forms of healing in this day and age are temporary because there'll be a point in this day and age when our body will no longer function the way it does. Disease will get the better of us, sickness will kick in, it may be something different and that sparks another conversation, I get that. But ultimately, at one stage, for each and every one of us, our bodies are not gonna function, they're gonna break down and we will all pass away. What a doom and gloom kind of thing to say, right? That's what will happen unless the Lord returns while you are still alive. But as we pray and ask God to heal, you know, he can heal us here and now. 
But eventually our bodies are going to succumb to something. But then here's the good news. There is a promise that God has for all of his people, those with faith, that even if you receive temporary healing now, that there will be eternal healing to come. You know, one day, God is going to restore all things. He's going to renew all things. And there'll be a time when we will experience perfect health forevermore. You know, I may not have the kind of question um, or the kind of answer uh, for those of you who have not yet experienced your answer to prayer, or for whatever reason, it seems as if God isn't healing you. I may not have an answer that satisfies you today, and I don't always know why God chooses to heal some and not others. I don't know why God chooses to do it supernaturally or naturally. I don't know why he does it swiftly or slowly, but I do know that whether we receive healing in this day or not, that there is a day coming when we will be restored eternally and forevermore. And I'm hoping that that is of some kind of encouragement to those of you who have been on bended knee for a long time now seeking God for healing over something to do with your body, your mind, or your spirit. You know, I love Fanny J. Crosby's words. You know, any, any hymn fans here today? Hands up, you like a few hymns? Great, I love my hymns too. I'm an old Methodist boy, it's all we ever sung. Uh, Fanny J. Crosby and her great 1890, 1899 hymn, What His Love Denies, uh, she actually says these words, which are, which are pretty cool. She was blind, if you didn't know. She says, God does not give me all I ask, nor answer as I pray, but oh, my cup is brimming over with blessings day by day. Man, what an attitude from someone who even though she wasn't able to receive a healing here and now, she was aware of what was to come. She was aware of the plans that God had for her. And we read about it in Revelation chapter 21, which should be up on the screen, verses four to five. John the Revelator, speaking of what is to come, he says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. You know, there's a lot that we don't know about this stuff, but we can be assured and we can be encouraged that one day there will be no more sickness, no more pain, no more crying, no more sorrow. There'll be no more cancer, no more mental illness. There'll be no more babies and little kids dying of starvation around the world. There'll be none of that stuff because we know when God comes again in Christ Jesus, he's going to restore all things. It'll be made new and what a day that's going to be, amen? What a day that's going to be. God heals temporarily but he also heals eternally, and that brings great encouragement to my soul. We have a Lord who heals. We have a Lord that I believe is wanting to heal people here and now. And I believe God is still working in amazing ways. Can't give you a clear-cut answer on why God heals some and not others, why he does it slowly or swiftly. Why he does it the way he does, I don't have all the questions, but what I do know and what I do believe is that the Lord heals naturally and supernaturally, swiftly and slowly, and he also heals temporarily and also eternally. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. Hey, we've seen some wonderful, wonderful uh, examples of God answering prayer uh, here at Gateway Redlands. Uh, during our Supernatural series, we really called upon God, you know, to do something supernatural in our midst. 
And uh, there were a lot of occasions where God did some uh, pretty cool stuff. Stuff that, you know, I haven't seen a lot of as a conservative evangelical pastor. But at the same time, you know, I'm thankful to God for what he has done in the lives of, you know, some of our people here. And just quickly, I am mindful of time. Uh, What I want to do this morning is I actually want us to pray that God will heal some people here today. You know, perhaps some of you, you know, as you've gone through life, you have developed a physical condition which includes pain and limitation. Perhaps there's been a negative or a traumatic experience that has caused excessive worry or sustained sadness. You know, maybe, maybe you are disconnected from God because of your sin and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And as a result of that, you are spiritually unwell. In fact, the scriptures say you're spiritually dead. You know, well, today, I want to get some people around you to pray that God would heal whatever it is in your life. Hey, I'm going to get the band to come up now. And um, this morning, it would be fantastic if we could pray for those of you who would love to be prayed for here today. Hey, uh, as, as you would have remembered in our reading for this morning, you know, God saved Israel from Egypt. He led them across the sea. He began the journey through the wilderness of Shur. They arrived at Merah. There was a lot of disappointment there. The water wasn't safe to drink. They began to grumble and cry out. So Moses did the same. And then God performed a miracle. He used the wood to turn the bitter uh, into sweet. And then he sets up for them a health plan But then he leads his people to a place called Elam. And if you look at verse 27 there, it says that Elam was a place of uh, of 12 streams and 70 palm trees. It was a place of streams and shade. And I think this, this picture that we get of Elam, which actually means trees. There you go, another profound definition for you. Marabitta, trees. Elam and so on. What we see there is a picture of the way God cares for His people, about how He covers us, about how He protects us, about how He refreshes us, and about how by His Spirit, He can be the Lord who heals you. And you know, this morning, I wonder if we have some people in this room who would love prayer for a physical condition that has been painful or limiting. Maybe there is a psychological challenge going on for you at the moment around anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, maybe just overwhelmed with stress. And there may even be people here who are spiritually poor because you have not given your life to Jesus at any point in your life. You know, you're stressed, you're worried, you're anxious, you're lost, you're lonely, you're sore, whatever it might be. We have a Lord who heals. And let me put it to you this way. There is, there is an Elam for everyone that has faith. In fact, you may be going through a mirror right now, a place of disappointment, a place of bitterness. But can I tell you, beyond every mirror, there is an Elam, a place of shade and streams for those who call upon God this morning, a place of refreshment, a place of safety, a place of joy. This morning, if you have the faith to simply be prayed for, that's all I'm going to ask you to do. On the count of three, I'm going to get you to put your hand up and I'm going to get some people to gather around you and they're just going to pray for whatever it is that you have in your heart and in your life. 
whatever it is. So if you got the faith to be prayed for this morning, right where you are in your seat, for the healing of God in whatever situation you are facing, why don't you put your hand up on the count of three? One, two, three. Fantastic, fantastic. Anyone else here this morning? A prayer of healing for anything in your life. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.